Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, David here and welcome to another week of our show. Today, I've got a really interesting main segment I want to talk about. It's kind of a fifth week of the podcast per se for a month. Um, you know, there's only so many months when there's a fifth week like this, um, it being the 30th. And I just wanted to talk about gobos today. It was something I was thinking about the other day, and I thought it would make a lot of sense to to, to bring into today's conversation. And so uh, before we get going here, we're going to talk about gobos. And the, the title I've really got here is gobos. They're not what you think they are. Um, dun, dun, dun. But before we get there, uh, if you are new here, if you've been listening, uh, maybe you've listened to an episode or two and you don't know a lot about learning stage lighting or what we do here, I want to get a guide into your hands that's going to help you get started with lighting. So just head over to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz and I'll send you over a free guide. You'll just answer a couple questions so we can send the right guide to you to help you start with your particular type of lighting. All right, so let's dive in. Gobos, they are not what you think they are. If we can get a show of hands, okay, it's just me talking to you through your headphones or your car stereo, but if we can get a show of hands, how many of you do what I did when I was first introduced to gobos? You, you stick it in the light, and you focus it sharp, and you walk away, okay? Now, backing up a second, you might say, okay, David, wait a second, what's a gobo? Well, simply put, a gobo is a pattern that you put into a light so that when the light shines through that pattern, you see that pattern uh, on whatever surface the light is pointing at. Not only do you see it on the surface, but... If there's atmosphere in the air, like haze or fog, you'll see the beam of that gobo, the the shape of that projection that's coming out of the light in that beam of haze, as well as on whatever the gobo lands on. And uh, gobos are, are generally used for adding texture to lighting or to the air, like I mentioned, when you've got atmosphere. They're something that people often uh, use for that texturing, but they can also be used for other things too, like DJs, a lot of times wedding people that do wedding DJ work or that are wedding lighting people, they use a lot of monogram gobos, you know, that have the couple's initials or the date or whatever, and they put that on the wall or on the dance floor and, you know, it looks pretty cool. Uh, Corporate events use gobos all the time, uh, less and less so than in the past, but um, to have, you know, maybe a logo of the company or their um, whatever their phrase is or their theme or something like that. You know, they can have something like that and they can put that on the wall through a light. Um, But most of the time when we're thinking about gobos or the people that are listening here, you're probably lighting your band or your church or your DJ set or your theater and your primary need out of a gobo what what you're trying to do when you call up a gobo is you want to add texture you want to add something some more interest because especially as we work with lighting and over the past 10 years i've really seen leds come in to become really popular we have a lot of wash lights we have a lot of pars we have a lot of led strip lights 
in our lighting rigs. And, you know, these are great. You, you put them against a wall, you shine them at a person on stage, um, you know, or you shine them into the air and you get this really nice beam of light. But it's just a color and, and an intensity, right? There's no texture to it. And so what gobos do is they allow us to bring in a texture. And so, uh, as I mentioned at the top, they, you, you put these into a light or maybe they're in a light if you have moving lights. And then as the light shines through the pattern, you see this pattern on the resulting, uh, the resulting place where the light ends up, wherever the light is pointed. So uh, what type of gobos are there? Well, gobos can often go into a variety of different spot type fixtures. So sometimes they can go into actual spotlights. They can go into ellipsoidals or leekos as they're often called. They can go into moving lights that are spots. They can go into moving lights that are classified as beam lights. Uh, there's a variety of lights that gobos can go into, but they generally go into lights that have a hard edge to the beam because this allows you to focus the gobo. For lights that are more of a wash light, like we talked about LED pars, LED strip lights, stuff like that, um, you, you can't focus the beam. You can't make a hard edge to it so you're never going to be able to see that pattern. And so there aren't gobos in these types of lights. They're, they're only in hard-edged lights or, or spot fixtures, as we usually call them. Now, when I first started working with gobos, we, would always, we were always putting them in ellipsoidals. And when you're working with a conventional light, like an ellipsoidal, there's really two types of gobos. There's glass and there's metal. And, and there's a couple different sizes. Glass gobos are really epic because you can put pretty much anything you want on a glass gobo. You can print, you know, color, you can print black and white, you can do whatever you want because it's a piece of glass that has this pattern printed on it. So pretty much anything you could think up that you could print on a paper, you could print on a glass gobo. Now the downside to this is that they're real expensive, they're a little more fragile, um, especially if you're getting them custom. But like all gobos, you know, if you're buying these to put inside of an ellipsoidal, you can go to manufacturers like Roscoe and uh, Gam. I think they're still around. And and you can get a variety of, of stock gobos, of gobos that they, you know, manufacture regularly. So there's glass metals. Then there's metal gobos, okay? These are aluminum, gen or no, steel. They're steel usually, I believe. And they're usually laser or acid etched, um, acid etched or laser cut. And the cool thing about metal gobos, especially for ellipsoidals, if you've got some, you know, maybe you want to add some texture to your stage at your church and you've got some ellipsoidals, maybe you've got a couple you're not using. Well, metal gobos are cheap. I mean, seriously, you know, back in the day when I used to buy them a lot, they were like 12 bucks. So let's let's check. <laughs> but um, they were really inexpensive. And yeah, they're still like 12 bucks a pop. And so they're really inexpensive. And uh, the, there's kind of an upside to downside to metal. The downside is that there's no color to the gobo. Okay, you can't color it like a glass gobo. The upside is that you can add that color in via gel or if it's a color mixing, um, you know, light, you can add it in with by mixing the color of the source of the light um, or you can put that gel in front of it. And then you're able to go ahead and get a colored gobo for, you know, 
12 bucks. And so that's a pretty good deal. Um, you will also need for ellipsoidals and things like that. You generally need a gobo frame as well. And you know, that's not going to be that expensive either. Um, when, when you're buying a gobo, by the way, for, you know, an, an ellipsoidal or something like that, you're going to have two general options, size A and size B. Uh, size A is a little bit of a larger gobo. It fills up a little bit more of the image, but sometimes the edge can get a little messed up uh, depending on where you are in the focus. Size B doesn't quite take up the whole area, but it's nice and bright across it, um, and you don't run into any focus issues or, or brightness issues at the edge of the lens. So just keep that in mind uh, as you're looking. But getting back to to what types of gobos there are, when, when we hit the, the realm of moving lights, which... A lot of people work with these days because you can get inexpensive moving lights from, you know, ADJ and Chave and Blizzard and Eliminator. Um, you can get some really inexpensive, you know, spot fixtures from all these manufacturers. And any spot fixture that you're going to buy is going to have some gobos in it. Now, those inexpensive guys that I was just talking about, the, the entry-level moving lights, generally are going to have non-rotating gobos. And the reason why you can't rotate them uh, inside the light is because they're literally, all the gobos are literally, you know, stamped into the same sheet of metal that you can then move within the light to select your gobo. They're not separate. They're not replaceable. On the other hand, um, nicer moving lights often have rotating gobos. And, and, and most often, but not always, rotating gobos can be replaced with other gobos of the same size. So if you don't like the gobos that are in a particular light or one or two of them, you could order a gobo in the right size and, and be able to replace that gobo in that rotating gobo wheel, which is a really cool option. Um, when it's not a cool option is like this venue I ran into years ago. I was uh, touring with an illusionist and I walked in and they had a bunch of moving lights. They were, you know, an older model, but they had a bunch of them. So I was like, okay, this this will work. But it turned out that um, all the gobos in it were like basketballs and like the logo of a particular team. And it turns out they'd bought these used and they were in a local basketball arena. So um, the good news is, you know, I, as I told them, I was like, hey, you know, you, you might need to save up your money a little, but you can replace those and, and get the original ones back or whatever you need. But rotating gobos are wonderful. Um, because you're able to spin them, which is great. Now, um, now when it comes to using gobos, as, as we kind of get to that next segment, um, because we've talked about, you know, what kind of lights use them, how they get into lights. Now we want to kind of talk about using the actual gobo. Okay. So when we're using the actual gobo, um, like I said, my first inclination and what I was first taught and, and did for quite a while was put the gobo in the light, or if it's a moving light, dial in the gobo on the console, bring the focus sharp, and walk away, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that approach, and you can get, you know, some cool looking stuff. You're going to get exactly what the gobo looks like when you look at it physically, you know, if you were holding it in your hand. You get that exact pattern, Okay. But, um, but what you can do if you change that up is way cooler. So you can start to use gobos in different ways like this. Okay. So think about it this way. Go ahead. Next time you're sitting down at a console or, or with the light that you're focusing and bring that gobo in sharp. 
Then experiment with the focus. Experiment going off of the sharpness in one direction. You know, experiment with going the other direction. It can be really interesting as you go through the focus points of a given lens on, on a light. It can really be interesting the kind of things you'll start to see. Because the further you get away from focus, the more wild the gobo can get. And some gobos way out of focus look really cool. Other gobos way out of focus don't look that cool. Uh, and, and while we're, we're thinking about focus, actually, if you're using a moving light that has two different gobo wheels, oftentimes, especially if it's a well-thought-out a quality light, you can do what's called morph, where you can have one gobo in focus, in the background you can bring another gobo in, and then you can bring the focus to that second gobo, and you can do what's called morphing between them, and, and almost seamlessly, without people seeing, be able to change from one gobo to another. And with that topic, you can also layer gobos. So if you've got two lights or a moving light with two gobo wheels, experiment with putting two gobos on top of each other and focusing them different ways. Maybe one is sharp and one is soft. Maybe you put in two different colors. Um, maybe you go ahead and you start to bring out something, the, the gobo's best friend, the prism. Now, why is the prism so great? Well, a lot of less expensive moving lights that you might run into have a prism. And this is great because maybe you've got a light where the gobo doesn't rotate. And rotating gobos are cool. They just look cool. You know, everybody loves them. Um, but if your light doesn't have it, then you can't do it. Well, not so much if you have a prism. If you have a prism, a lot of times you can put a gobo in, put the prism in, and then rotate the prism to get a cool look. Okay? And so... What I really want to try to do here, and I know this is a busy time of year with Easter and everything else, lots of people travel in spring break, is I just want to start to get you thinking in your head. Maybe you're driving to spring break, and that was probably previous to this, or you're driving to Easter with your grandparents or, you know, whatever you're doing. You know, I want to get you thinking about gobos, because at the end of the day, um, as I always teach here on Learn Stage Lighting and everything that I do, the light in itself has you know, such and such specifications. And, and anybody can walk up to the light and go, Gobo 1, record, Gobo 2, record, Gobo 3, record, and, and make some different looks with their Gobos. But what really sets apart really interesting and different lighting is when you're able to go ahead and literally bring that Gobo into focus, bring it out of focus, and um, and experiment and make different looks. Try to make a fire effect. Try to make a water-looking effect. Um, and, and this actually brings up a couple things to mind. Uh, similar to gobos, some moving lights you may run into might have what's called an animation wheel, which can often make a more realistic water and fire effects than, than a gobo can. Um, on, on another topic, you know, gobos, is, it's just such a vast topic. I really love it. There are really two types of gobos that you're going to run into in, in a given moving light. And, and I encountered this actually pretty early on in my career. I realized that in most moving lights, uh, if I was doing a corporate show, you know, which was a lot of my early career stuff, I'd usually get about half the gobos in a moving light that I liked and half of them that I thought were just junk. Okay, 
But I realized something later on, and so I want to share that with you here because it's, it's very important that um, that there's really two types of gobos that get put inside a moving light. There's gobos that look good as a pattern, as a projection on the wall, on the floor, on the musicians, wherever. And then there's gobos that look good in haze or an atmosphere, okay? And these two gobos are, are often found in different lights. You usually... You know, when you, you have a, a average new light that comes to the market, usually about half the gobos, maybe, you know, more or less, depending on the particular application that the manufacturers decide, are gobos that make a cool, complex pattern that, that looks really nice on a surface, okay? You know, something that looks great on a surface is usually about half those patterns. And then the other half of the patterns look kind of silly on a surface. Usually they look a little sparse because they might have as much darkness in them as they have lights, okay? They might have as much area where the light doesn't shine through and then just a few spots where light comes in and those spots are far apart. Well, gobos that look like that are the kind that look great in haze or other atmosphere, but they can be redeemed. So, like, there's one I remember that was in the studio spots from high-end systems, and, and I still see it a lot in newer lights. It's a common gobo, and it's four circles in a line across the beam. It looks really cool in haze, especially if you rotate it, okay? But it doesn't look that cool if you're projecting it on some drape or on the floor uh, as part of an event. But this gobo can be redeemed. So we can go back to our friend the prism that we talked about earlier and we can put the prism in and often get something that looks a lot better and is a lot more usable. If you've already used the gobos, the aerial gobos as they're sometimes called, if you've used all the gobos that look good in haze and you're just, or you've used all the gobos that look good rather projected on something and so now you're just looking for something new. Well, you know, that's a good option. So at the end of the day, what I want to do with today's show is really just inspire you, and hopefully get the gears turning in your brain, okay? And I want to do more stuff like this, just really taking a deep dive to think about, okay, when I look at a new light, or I'm sitting down and I'm working with my lights and I'm lighting a show, what do I do to really set things apart? And what do I do to make things look good? Because at the end of the day, whether it's gobos or movement or colors, or anything like that, there's little things that we can do as lighting people, and lighting designers, and lighting hobbyists, and stuff like that, that can really make a huge difference on the stage. In fact, I, I, I truly believe that in the world of doing lighting as a career, because I've observed it, and I've seen it, that the thing that sets people apart is not oh, this guy can program, you know, this many moving lights and that guy can't, or this guy can do this and that guy can do that. But it really comes down to, hey, this guy, you know, all night long kept giving us different looks and kept transforming the room into different things. And that's the guy that gets hired back. Or if you're doing this as a hobby, you know, or maybe you're you're a church tech person and you don't have a lot of budget because that's always the case in churches. I know it personally as a volunteer church tech director. And you can be the person who walks in and starts experimenting with gobos in different colors. And all of a sudden, the lights that you thought had, you know, eight patterns and that was all you could do, you might be able to make, 
you know, 20 or 30 unique looks by mixing up patterns and doing stuff like that. And that, that actually brings up one other great point here as we as we kind of wrap that across all the lights that you have, maybe you've got four or six or 50 of the same type of light in your rig. Try experimenting with doing different gobos. It can be so quick and easy to just go ahead and say, oh, you know, trust two moving spotlights, toss in a gobo. You know, trust one, toss in a gobo. You know, all my moving lights, toss in this gobo. And, and keeping them the same often looks really cool. But try, for example, having maybe half of the lights with a gobo that's really wide and looks really good projected on something. And maybe put the other half in, in a really constricted gobo that, that looks good in the atmosphere. Just a thought. Um, but the, the point here is, is, as always, you know, like I like to say every time, is what I want to do here is help get you running and help really get you thinking about this and thinking about how you can make really interesting things without having to spend more money and programming and thinking about how you can use the lights that you have in new ways is one great way to do that. So go ahead. Next time you have access to some gobos or maybe you've got some ellipsoidals and you just need to get some frames and some gobos, you know, go get some. They're really inexpensive. And start experimenting with what you can do to make things interesting on your stage. All right? Sound good? Great. Like I said, guys, at the, at the front of the show, show notes are going to be at learnstagelighting.com slash 064. I actually didn't say that at the start, but what I did say at the start of the show was that if you're new here, I've got a gift for you. It's a free guide to get you started with lighting. And surely, if you're new here and you've listened this long, you're interested in getting started with lighting. So head over to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz, and I'll get that free guide right into your hands. Guys, next week, I'm really excited because I'll be taking your questions again. So be sure to submit those at learnstagelighting.com slash contact. There's a contact form as well as a place that you can leave a voicemail for me, and I'll answer your questions. Until then, happy lighting. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.